spring break is in the rearview mirror, and we get into the final stretch for Dort Defender Athletics, and that is the post-spring break portion of the schedule, baseball and softball in full swing, golf getting started, uh, still uh, wrapping up winter sports with women's basketball and uh, men's volleyball still in action. A lot of things to get to, and uh, let's uh, talk about those this week. My name's Mike Biker, Director of Athletic Communications, and I'm joined today by... Bradley Lackman. We had Matt Boss last week. He is out this week, but Bradley, who was in Florida last week with baseball and softball, we'll get to that in just a little bit. And uh, Bradley, we're going to begin with uh, basketball. And uh, big news for the women's basketball team as they win a pair last week at Park City, Kansas, and they advance to the round of 16 in the NAI single division tournament and uh, a great a great weekend for the Defender women's basketball team. What an exciting weekend and I was just looking at some of the pictures uh, from the weekend. I was uh, traveling on Saturday so I didn't get to follow the game very much but um, just the excitement on the faces of the Dort women's basketball team tells the whole story. It was um it's a great opportunity for them to showcase themselves on the national stage and build off of the success that they've had this season. They've had a tremendous uh, last two months of the season when you factor in where this team was back on December 11 after a loss to Dakota Wesley in 80-75. to And at that point, they had six losses. I think they were standing, what, seven and six, something like that. And uh, they were really searching to uh, try and find an identity and uh, part of that was they had some injuries to deal with early on, but they were not playing up to what they felt was their potential at that point. And since that point, um, I think 19-2. and two. So they figured some things out and have been playing pretty good basketball since then. A 15-game win streak tells the whole story. This is a team that has come together really well late in the season and, like you said, bounced back from some injuries. Um, a lot of players have found their role. I think that was... Uh, just a transition in the beginning of the season with uh, some younger players coming in, some players returning from injury like Bailey Beckman. Um, just it took some time for the team to mesh, and now we're seeing just the talent that they have. Yep, and sometimes you've just got to deal with and be patient uh, in the game against IU East on Friday. Took about five to ten possessions, and I thought to myself, uh, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, IU East didn't have the athleticism. They didn't have the quickness that I uh, anticipated they would possibly have. Um, I, I was trying to figure out how they were scoring in the 80s for points per game. Um, just a great performance by the Defender women. 51% uh, shooting from the floor, three double-doubles from the three post players, and really that game, for all intents and purposes, by halftime, uh, there was really no doubt in how that outcome was going to turn. A really balanced effort for the defenders. We saw Ashton Verbeek lead the way with 18 points and 19 rebounds. Carly Gustafson, like you said, a double-double with 15 and 10. And then Hayden Hymanson with 10 points, Bailey Beckman with 11. So when you have four players in double digits, that's going to help your scoring output a lot. Fast forward to the next day, taking on a Sterling team that was 32-3 and entering play, and I watched them play the game before uh, the Dort defenders on Friday when they played Eastern Oregon, and Eastern Oregon gave them everything they wanted, and I... On that particular day, I thought, oh, Sterling, that 32-2 and record might be a little inflated. Um, they were a far different team on Saturday than the team that I saw on Friday because they gave Dort everything they could handle on Saturday. I believe uh, 
came out immediately, scored the first seven points of the game, and it was a battle from there for both teams. I was looking at the play-by-play and just tracking the score. After that 7-0 run to begin the game, Dort inched their way back in, and it was neck and neck the whole way. I don't know if there were any leads greater than five points the rest of the way. Five points sounds about right. Dort was also dealing with some foul issues. Ashton Verbeek sat a significant portion of the first quarter, and uh, she got her third foul early in the second half, and Coach Bill Harmson at that point elected to leave her in the contest. Uh, He is a big one, and I've heard him say several times, don't disqualify your players just because they've got three fouls. He would much rather have a player play through and you get everything every minute out of them that you can, and maybe they foul out rather than sitting there and ending the game with three or four fouls. And that that paid off, I thought, on Saturday by leaving Verbeek in the contest. And I think you look, too, at that uh, last defensive possession. Sterling had a good look, but Dort defended it really well and ultimately came away with a one-point win. A lot of bodies on the floor. I believe it was Carly Gustafson that slid over, and uh, she was able to uh, get a hand up and bother the shot, at least Carly. Uh, All three post players had uh, really nice weekends. Uh, Carly, Ashton, and Janie, all very solid for the defenders, and that has turned into the strength and kind of the calling card of this team. This team plays physical, and they they have a lot of size, and they have uh, post players that can rebound the ball well, and then you have Janie coming off the bench. She has been a really, really solid addition to this team, and then you have good guard play with Hayden Hymanson, Bailey Beckman, Maya Chimileski is always uh, making her way into the conversation of the game, even if it doesn't show up in the box score. So just a really well-balanced team, and I'm excited to see how they do against Campbellsville on Friday. Campbellsville will uh, be a handful as well. Two losses. This is their 30th trip to the NAI National Championship. Uh, They are, I believe, something like 14 or 15 years in a row that they've qualified. They were an NAI Division I program um, prior to this, so you didn't see them in Sioux City. They were down in Kansas City with the Women's Championship. But it will be a challenge on Friday night at 6 o'clock, and I would anticipate uh, a good showing for the Defender uh, fans making their way down to Sioux City as well. And if they're defenders, if they're fortunate enough to get a win on Friday, they would play again Saturday night. That would be an 8 o'clock start time. But uh, 45 minutes away from home, hopefully it feels like a home game for the Defenders. NAIA tournament is always a great atmosphere, and especially when you get some of these local teams in, I sure hope that Dort brings a good crowd there on Friday, and I would not be surprised if it is mostly Dort fans. It will. Uh, that'll be on Friday night at six o'clock. A couple other uh, housekeeping notes uh, in terms of women's basketball. Ashton Verbeek, with her 16 points on Friday against IU East, became the 18th player in Dort history to score 1,000 points. Ashton has had a phenomenal season. I don't know if there are any other words to describe it. She has really scored, led the way in scoring for most of the games and uh, is a top rebounder in the NAIA. And I don't think we'll be too surprised to see her on an on an All-American list. Yeah, she made, uh, what was it, second team last year, and I would imagine she'll be in the conversation for those kind of honors again this year as well. And she also earned an honor this past week, uh, voted uh, by the uh, – Sports Information Directors of America, uh, 
as a second team academic All-American. And if you start taking a look at the list, Bradley, and I don't know if you did or not, but the grade point averages that these basketball players put out, I think Ashton was a 3.92. Everyone on the first team had a better GPA than she did. So that gives you an idea of the the challenges that you're faced with in trying to make those lists. It is really impressive to see. I mean, we were going through the lists a couple of weeks ago and just not only the production on the court, but combined with the production in the classroom, that is a really tough balance because being a college athlete, I was not a college athlete, but I observed many and it is a very busy schedule and to succeed well academically on top of it is an achievement nonetheless. The women's academic All-American of the Year, the top vote getter, she is a, a basketball women's basketball player from St. Louis School of Pharmacy. I think she averaged over 30 points per game for her team this year and carrying a 4.0 grade point average while studying pharmacy, obviously. And so that is no, uh, that's not a cakewalk of a, uh, a major to study either. And that's Ashton Burbeek making second team also this week uh, on the men's side. And we'll talk men's basketball in a little bit, but it makes sense that we talk about this now. Jacob Viss named second team on in men's basketball as well. He carries a 3.98 GPA in health and human performance and uh uh, exercise science. So uh, well-deserved honor for Jacob as well. Let's talk men's basketball as uh, the Defender men saw their season come to a close taking on IU Kokomo. 82-80 to the final and I watched this one uh, most of the second half. I had one eye on it because our women's game was basically over for all intents and purposes. And I, I started watching fairly closely and our men were down 20 to six, five minutes into the ball game. And it was an uphill climb from there. And they battled back in, but just too tough at the end of the game. And IU Kokomo, a good team beating uh, the host school, William Penn on Saturday and ultimately making it to the final site in Kansas city, but uh, a great effort for the defenders and um, looking back a really solid season. And there may be some disappointment uh, just in the, the results at the end of the season with, um, with the GPAC tournament and now the NAIA tournament, but really a great season for the defenders. And I think a season to be proud of. 68 to 50, the defenders were down at uh, to Kokomo with 12:55 left to go in that game. They called the timeout, and over the next four minutes, went on a 15 to nothing run to get back in the discussion, and it was tight from there on out. And as you said, Bradley, uh, a, a disappointing loss because you get it back to 82 to 80. I felt like they were maybe going to steal it at the end. Jacob Biss got a bucket to make it 82 to 80, and then Dort had a bat had a uh, had a possession, took a three-point shot, missed it, drew a charge on the other end, and had one last possession in IU Kokomo. Their physicality on defense and their ability to cover our perimeter shooters really showed up in that last possession. And as you said, Kokomo beating the host, William Penn, on um, on Saturday on a buzzer beater as well. So Kokomo, oddly enough, Kokomo taking on Concordia, in the next round in Kansas City, and they're going to play either today or tomorrow. I don't know the bracket specifically for the men, but um, Kokomo will be facing a, a GPAC opponent in that contest. And as you said, Bradley, a, a great season. 
in talking with some of the players and even the coaches, Coach Brian Van Haften, when the year began, it was, we got a lot of holes to fill. That's what everyone kept saying. And players kind of took that as a challenge of, we still think we can have a pretty good season. And they had a couple stretches where they'd lose two and three games in a row. They'd bounce back. They'd win four or five games. They'd win four out of five. At the end of it all, 21, uh, 20 and 11, their final record, and uh, really uh, a lot of good things to look back on and a lot of valuable gar- experience gained for next year moving forward. This is a team that was picked to finish seventh in the GPAC preseason poll and ultimately ended up hosting a GPAC tournament game. Uh, so they exceeded expectations and uh, played a lot of really good teams in close games. I just think back to that yeah. first William Penn game uh, where they took them to overtime and um, there was there was a game against Concordia that was lost by two, Jamestown lost by two or three. So um, it's just, I think they are so close to taking that ne- next step and I'm excited to see how they develop next year. Yeah, I was. Uh, you, you mentioned all those close games and I was looking even early in the year, beat Dakota State by a point at home back in early November, uh, beat Midland on the road by five, in uh, December, um, lost to Doan when Doan was just starting to figure things out in early January, beat Jamestown on the road to finish the year. It was just it, two close losses to Northwestern. A lot of close games and a lot of, I think, a lot of valuable experience gained and uh, really excited about what these teams can, what that team can potentially do moving forward next year. Now, we're going to have an interview with Brian Van Haften at the tail end of this as well. And uh, so, uh, just to give our listeners an idea, that we'll have an extended interview with Brian Van Haften talking about the year in review. Baseball and softball, we're going to jump to that, and we'll circle back to men's volleyball in a little bit. Bradley, you, you didn't come back as tanned as I thought you would. Uh, dealt with some rain down in Florida? I did, and also, luckily, softball gave me a press box. So oh, wow. I, I was sitting a little cooler than some of the players out there. Yeah, what uh, your impressions of baseball and softball after uh, being gone for the week with uh, – and you were with softball, I believe, for four or five days. You were with baseball at the start and at the finish. I guess your impressions of the softball team as uh, they picked up some – they had a great week after uh, the after the fly-in day getting swept by Warner. They had a great week the following week. Softball had a very great week, and Warner – always known to have a great softball and baseball program. So those are a couple of couple of losses that, um, I mean, you, you add in that plus yep. the travel right away. It's, it's just tough to win those games, but um, they beat a good Bellevue team in a, in a really fun matchup uh, one to zero um, contest. And uh, then you look at, you know, there were a couple games that they won uh, pretty easily nine to one over Judson uh, had a 7-5 win over Northwestern Ohio. The big one this week that you could ask any player, coach, it's going to be that win against Indiana Wesleyan uh, last Thursday. And uh, Wesleyan, a really good team. They have some great athletic programs, ranked eighth in the nation in softball. Abby Kramer pitched, pitched a great game, and uh, Dort came back from behind late in that one to win 4-3. to three. So uh, just – a really exciting week for the softball team, and I'm looking forward to see how they do in GPAC play. 
Abby Kramer for her week went uh, 3-0 and on the mound, two saves. She pitched in five games, so she had a hand in all five pitching wins. Uh, that are a hand in all a wins in all five games that she appeared in. And uh, for that, she was Great Plains Athletic Conference Softball Pitcher of the Week. And when I was nominating her, I, I always think, wow, I mean, everyone thinks the player they nominee is, nominate is going to have a great shot. But when I started to look at her numbers, I thought, man, if she doesn't get it, somebody else had to have a tremendous week. 0.55 ERA. That is very impressive. And just watching her pitching performances last week, I was thinking, you know, when she pitches, Dort can be with anyone in the nation. Uh, they can h- hang with anyone. And um, she is just an outstanding talent on the mound, and uh, I'm excited to see her develop throughout the season. Defenders will be back in action next week. They have a little. They have a twelve game, a twelve day gap in the schedule. They'll resume play on March twenty three when they host Briarcliff. That looks a little iffy because of the forecast. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see. But then on Friday, March twenty five, hosting Jamestown. So uh, local games for the Dort Defender softball team. Also, Bradley, we've got a tie mixed in there with softball. A zero zero tie. That doesn't have. I think. We had one probably 15 or 16 years ago, but we end up with a tie. And that was frustrating because uh, Kenzie Kennard hit a home run in the top of the six of that game, and we're about ready to start the bottom of the sixth, and it started downpouring. And uh, they didn't continue the game, which means they had to revert back to the last completed inning. So a 0-0 tie in a game that Dort probably would have won. Yeah, probably would have brought uh, Abby Kramer in to probably finish the game as well and probably right. pick up another save. Right. But ifs and buts. And uh, so a tie mixed into that season standing or that season schedule now of 10, 7, and 1. Baseball team, mixed that, results this week. And I'd like to note one more okay. uh, thing for softball. Uh, Chandler Skemper had a really great week. Um, I remember – I can't remember – which game it was. There were so many last week, but uh, she had a, a three for three performance with three RBIs. And um, so she just had a really, really solid week overall. And then Carly Olson had some big hits late in games. Uh, so a shout out to those two players as well for an important uh, performance at the plate. Mixed results for the baseball team. They get four wins against, what was it, two, four, six losses. So four and six in ten games played. And when um, when the front end of the rotation is going, just like when we talk about Abby Kramer, when uh, Zhengzhou Kim is on the mound and uh, Diego is on the mound, this team can probably hang with just about anyone. It's a good team. Um, they have a pretty solid uh, starting rotation and you throw Logan Horn in there too. He had a really good game. I was at the one against Lawrence tech on uh, Saturday, the fifth. And um, he was, he was pitching very well. I think he had two earned runs in that game and on a hundred pitches and um, just, yeah, I think um, being able to put together a complete game uh, will really help this team. And uh, yeah, it's just, you play some tough competition there. Lawrence Tech is a good team. Um, they had a guy throw 138 pitches that first matchup, yeah. and um, it's it's always just interesting to see what you're going to get with uh, 
with some of these schools that aren't in your conference. Logan Klein has gotten off to a great start. 449 batting average, 22 hits, nine of those doubles, and he has scored 15 runs, has seven stolen bases as well, uh, putting together a great start to the year. Nolan Christensen, 11 hits. He's batting 289. And Luke November, now you tipped me off to him uh, earlier after uh, watching some games that uh, you felt that he was primed to maybe show us some things as a freshman catcher, and uh, he has 10 hits. 333 batting average so far. He's playing really well. And um, he, it's just, it's always hard to find a catcher who can hit really well just because of the stress yep. that it puts on their bodies yep, uh, throughout the game. It yep. does take a toll. Um, but Luke November has uh, really played well early on in his freshman season. And I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. Dylan Stanley, kind of an emergency ad at the end of the. Uh, uh, and when the trip began, he goes 467 in uh, l- relatively limited play, seven uh, hits for in 15 at bats. Uh, he also had a great week in Florida. Baseball team will be playing Midland this weekend. They're scheduled to play in Fremont on Friday and be uh, playing the Midland Warriors on Saturday in a two o'clock doubleheader start time here in Sioux Center on Saturday afternoon. Midland will be up there in the GPAC race. You have Concordia, Doan is also receiving votes, and Midland coming into this weekend at 13-2. and two. They have two players with o- hitting over 400. They have 17 home runs as a team on the season. So they are a really, really good hitting team. Um, and I'd also like to point out a couple uh, records um, that are in the hunt for Logan Klein. He tripled last week, setting his uh, career triple record or tri- career triple tally to nine, which is tied for the Dort record. Okay. And then he is at 48 stolen bases, and that stolen base record is at 53. So he's close to that as well. Do you have written down there who has the stolen base record of 53? Doug you? Van Andel. Doug Van Andel. Okay, those are those are going back a little bit then, because I'm going to say Doug Van Andel might have been playing in the 70s or 80s. So, uh, yeah, some long-standing, and I think the all-time hits mark is in sight as well for Logan Klein. Um, I think he's got to get over 200. I'd have to look up what the number is, but we've got a couple guys that are over 200 for their careers for in terms of hits, but I think Logan Klein's, what, at about 160 or 170, something like that? That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. so we'll, take, we'll get a clo- take a closer look at that. Men's volleyball uh, went to Jamestown on Monday. That was after a busy week last week where they went to Ottawa and then to Lacrosse on Saturday and finished up with uh, facing Jamestown in Great Plains Athletic Conference play on Monday. For the defenders, unfortunately – a road trip where they go one and three. We're hoping for uh, maybe a little more success for them than that, maybe a two and two, but uh, ended up losing to Ottawa 3-1, if I remember correctly, and then uh, got swept by Trinity Christian, swept Viterbo, and then got swept by Jamestown. And all that, uh, when it all shakes out, I think nine and eight for the season and eight and two Eight and eight overall, seven and three in the conference. Seven and three, you're right. And uh, finish up in a tie with Ottawa for second place in the G Pack, but they get the number two seed because they went four and three in sets played against Ottawa 
And uh, so that's the first tiebreakers, how you do in sets played. And so just winning that one against Ottawa last week, even though a loss in match play ends up being the difference and allowing the defenders to sneak in as the number two seed. They won't play until March 30. That'll be a semifinal round match against, in all likelihood, Ottawa but it will be at the DeWitt Gym. And uh, you have watched uh, over the last two years, Bradley, here at Dort, how important it is in terms of uh, those volleyball and basketball matchups to be playing at home and not having to travel. That's a huge deal. It is. And especially when you look at men's volleyball, that is there aren't very many teams around here. Um, you have Morningside about an hour away. But other than that, Jamestown and Ottawa. Um, then there are a couple other teams in Kansas. Uh, so you're having to travel a lot. So getting that home court advantage is a big benefit. I think that is it. Did we miss anything today? I think we have everything. So that means we are going to jump into the interview with uh, Brian Van Haften as he talks about the men's basketball season, the conclusion of the year, and what lies ahead. And that comes up next. We're going to visit with Brian Van Haften as we put the bow on the uh, 2021-22 men's basketball season. And uh, Coach Van Haften, first off, uh, obviously uh, wanted to be playing another week, wanted to be headed down to Kansas City, played a very good Kokomo team on Friday. We knew it would be uh, a challenge, and uh, your guys responded to a challenge, tried to dig themselves out of an early hole, but uh, at the end... Kokomo just enough to hold you off on Friday and as I said in my text disappointing loss but a great season a little bit of space now in between that game on Friday and now uh, your assessment from that game on Friday yeah pretty much you know it's kind of been the same way all year we've had we've been behind at half and more games than we've been ahead and uh, I think most of that is youth Uh, we tried a lot of different things within our team whether running some sets early in the game to get off to a good start. And it just felt like that our team just needed uh, to get a feel for the game a little bit first. And when you face a team like Kokomo, who has got three fifth-year players out there, they got off to a good start, got up 20-6. to six And, and uh, you know, we had done the same thing at Jamestown. We got down 22-8. to eight. But, you know, you, when you face good teams like Jamestown and Kokomo, you can't continue to think that you're just going to keep coming from behind. So that's an area that – uh, for improvement for our program going forward. I don't know if it's coaching or players. I think it's probably more than anything. It's just just our youth in the guard court and uh, youth just in our team in general, uh, which doesn't always get us off to a great start. And hopefully we can just be a little bit more confident to start games. But, man, uh, our guys have a lot of resilience. I mean, being down 68-50 with 12.55 to go, uh, we showed a lot of class, a lot of toughness. Uh, we made some big plays. You know, we we started to get some stops in the defensive end. We started to play a little bit more desperation, and our five men were great. Our, you know, we just kept going inside every single possession, and and uh, eventually it wore them out just a little bit. And 
I just wish we could add one more minute in the game. That's really what it comes down to. You get down by those 18 points. You go on a 15 nothing run, and I, I was watching from uh, Park City, and uh, all of a sudden you're right back in it, yeah. and you had time. It wasn't like yeah. you just pulled up even – at the end of the game, you had four and five minutes left where you were right back in it. And you had to – and never – I don't know if you ever had the ball, though, down two until that last possession. Is that correct? We did the time before also. Okay, we yep, had gotten yep. a three-point shot with about 35 seconds left from Bryce that he missed being down two, um, yeah, which was a pretty good look for, for him at that time and uh, didn't go in. And then we got a foul, and they went to a one-on-one and missed it. And we had one more chance, and and uh, we just panicked just a little bit. I mean, uh, not really panicked. I mean, Kokomo did a nice job defensively, double teamed us, and I think if we could have got out of that double team quickly and made it one one or two more passes, we had a look from Kate or Jackson Lusher on the other side. But our guys did a wonderful job. I mean, it's uh, it was great to see Jacob and Camden score twenty eight points between the two of them. Um, you know, our guard play was good. We only had 10 turnovers in the game and a team that put a lot of pressure on us. And uh, so that speaks volumes to our guard court. And Cade Bleeker had a great game. I mean, he only got five shots up, but, you know, he made four threes. They were guarding him really hard. And uh, when he was open, you know, he, he really had a chance. It was going to go in. And uh, so overall, it was a really good game. We shot 51 or 2% from the field. It's just a and we just couldn't stop them, and their guard court had a really nice game. They had a great weekend. They played great against yeah. William Penn, too. Yeah, they came back. They beat William Penn on a wild sequence, a last-second shot, yeah. and ended up winning that. So they're they're going to head down to uh, Kansas City. And uh, Are they facing Concordia now? They are. They're yeah. facing Concordia. So that'll be an interesting matchup yep. in Kansas City. Okay, now season's over. Uh, game finishes on Friday. Coaching staff, well, what do you do in the days following – the season concluding do you just do you send the guys away and when sp when spring break is over hey we'll, we'll get back together then at that point and talk about things what do you what do you do as a coaching staff yeah for the next month we'll probably take some time off I mean it's a long season I mean, we've been going since Labor Day and uh with no time off during I guess we had Christmas off for about 10 days uh, other than that you know we're on spring break right now uh, when we get back, we'll get together once, and then we'll probably get back, start start in again, maybe, you know, first part of April. Um, as a coach, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird year. A lot of things that you've put off. There are a lot of bills that I haven't paid. <laughs> For me personally, I got some bills to pay that are probably overdue <laughs> that I haven't paid, and that you kind of get uh, lost in the shuffle. And and uh, you know, I haven't seen my kids much, you know, in the last two or three months, especially since Christmas. And so I'm hoping that maybe I can see them a little bit as time goes. And I'm going to go down to the uh, NAI tournament in Kansas City yeah. for a couple of days. And and uh, uh, so, yeah, I try to relax just a little bit and get back uh, after it, uh, you know, in a week or two. Let's talk about the past season. Uh, I don't know that we ever talked about your all-conference honorees and things like that. Bryce Kopic, first-team honoree, um, had, a, had a breakout year as a sophomore. We kind of saw it coming his freshman year, but freshmen, they, they eventually hit a wall, and Bryce did, and then he bounced back. But he had a breakout year this year. He was awesome this year. He, he got off to a little bit of a slow start from the arc, uh, but 
led the league in free throws made in league play this year. Um, he just has a great toughness about him, a great resilience, and he just never gives in. Um, he's never met a shot he doesn't like. And, uh, and you need a guy like that on the team. Um, uh, you know, he shot the ball 36% from the arc, but he's got a couple of games, a couple of times a game where he's shooting a tough three at the end of a shot clock because the team has done a nice job defensively. And so really he's a close to a 40% three point shooter. He works hard at this. I mean, he's a biomedical engineer, so he's got a lot in his plate when it comes to off the court. Uh, but, uh, uh, I thought he had a great year, and I thought, you know, besides Trent Hillbrands, I thought he was the best guard in the league. Second team honoree, Cade Bleeker, and uh, we've watched Cade transform. Um, as a freshman, he was a spot-up standstill shooter and had a lot of other weapons around him. Still has a lot of weapons around him, but the league as a whole has found ways to defend him. He's had to change his game, and he's a second team honoree this year. Yeah, he really had a outstanding year if you take a look around the league no hardly anybody is more efficient than him shot 50 percent from the field 43 from the arc 85 from the foul line I mean that's a great year um, he's not one of those guys that is a volume shooter uh, I mean, I'd like to see him be a little bit more but um, you know he gets guarded hard he gets guarded way harder uh, than what he did when he first uh, came here to Dort he uh, I remember him scoring eight threes in a game against Doan here, you know, two years ago, and you know, no one respected him yet. Now everybody mm-hmm. respects him, and and uh, but he had a tremendous year. He's much better off the dribble than what he was before. Um, his body was in the best shape he's been in uh, since he's been here. Uh, he has worked hard at his game. He's a great leader on this team, and uh, I, I couldn't be more happy uh, for Cade. And hopefully. We can get him just – got to find a way to get him a few more shots. And it's hard to do when you got someone draped all over him. I mean, he got five shots up against Kokomo, and they were tough shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so uh, we got to find a way a little bit to try to get him a few more shots. But uh, as far as efficiency is concerned, he is one of the better ones in the conference. You had, I believe, three honorable mention honorees. Let's start with Luke Rankin there, also freshman of the year. And for a point guard to get that, uh, you you have to you have to turn some things over to him. You have to trust him. And it seemed like he figured a lot of things out as he went along this year. He's He joined us in June 1. He came with our summer workouts. He moved to Sioux Center on June 1, about five or six days after he graduated from high school. And he just thought that would be the best thing for him. And uh, and it really was. From the very first day, he has been the leader of this team. You know, as far as bringing the ball up the floor, his ability to pass the basketball up the floor is unmatched. Um, he is tough. He is a great defender. I mean, we put him on Spivey against Kokomo. That's who we wanted to guard Spivey. I mean, he's gotten a lot bigger and stronger. When I met him as a sophomore, he couldn't have been over five foot six inches tall, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like, wow, can this guy really play? And uh, there's no doubt he is a great player and he's really good off the dribble and he just needs to improve a little bit for the three point range. But he's a major reason for our success this year. Just, I know that he just scored 10 points a game, but um, he was never phased. 
he had a little stretch at the end of the first semester where he just got a little bit tired and a little bit worn out. And he went home for a week and I told him, don't touch a basketball for a week and come back. And uh, then he was way better. It just, he needed just a little time off and get a little mom's cooking. But after that, uh, he had a great second semester. His career started off on a great note with scoring 30 points mm-hmm. against William Penn and had nine assists also. But, I mean, he's on his way to being the career assist leader at, at Dort. Um if uh, Lord willing, that he stays healthy all the way through. Jackson Law, sure. I don't know that there's a if there's a poster child for player development, it would probably be him because he did not get many minutes as a freshman. Uh, played a lot of junior varsity basketball, developed and uh, worked on his game. And uh, I don't know if there's a, a better player pound for pound than Jackson Lusher. I love Jackson. Uh, what I love about Jackson is that. He makes a decision about what he wants to do, and he does it. And he says, you know what? This summer, I'm going to be all in. He worked at the as a lifeguard over at the pool across the street this summer, but he was always in at 11 in the morning getting shots up and sweating and getting after it. And uh, he just wanted to go all in this, this offseason, and uh, it helped him tremendously. I mean, he wasn't even the best player in the JV team. Uh, so he has come a long ways. He is tough. He he goes after it on the glass. He he rebounds the basketball well. He defends really well, and he's a developing offensive player. But he's pretty good around the around the hoop, and uh, he's a developing three point shooter as as we go. And uh, it'll only get better for Jackson. Jacob Viss, also honorable mention, and uh, you and I both felt if he stays healthy, uh, he's probably a first or second teamer, but uh, ends up averaging about 16 points a game, eight rebounds. He missed, what, eight games with a shoulder problem, yeah. seven games, yeah. and uh, he ends up honorable mention. But uh, And I told you before we went on the air uh, later today on thir- uh, when, uh, Tuesday, it is, uh, he's going to be named a Coside Academic All-American uh, second team as well. So fantastic year for Jacob, and uh, there was a period of time where you and I both thought I don't know if he's going to be back this year but yeah. came back and was very effective at down the, uh, in the final games for you yeah he was man he was great against Kokomo I mean once again he's one of those guys he needs to start a little better at times he doesn't always start games like we'd like him to we'd like him to be a little bit more of a you know be aggressive uh, but man in the second half against Kokomo he was great and all year long I mean he just had some wonderful games 30 points at Midland um, he had 20 points at Jamestown in the last game of the year. And, and, uh, he just, he's a really good leader on this team. And, and, uh, he is kind of what Dort is all about. Um, the William Penn people were asking me in the press conference after the game about the crowd and Jacob was with me at the time. And I said, well, when Jacob was 10 years old, he was in that crowd and he couldn't wait to put on his uniform. And uh, so this is something that's really special for him to put on a Dort uniform. This is the uniform he always wanted to put on since he was born. And, uh, you know, he's been a little banged up at times. Uh, but when he's healthy, uh, he's, he's a great combination five-man. You know, step out on the floor, can pass the basketball, has more assistant turnovers, is good around the hoop, and uh, is, a, you know, a, a pretty good defender. And, uh, you know, I look forward to him having a full season next year. 
we'd love to talk about every player, but we don't have the time. We will talk about one more, though, Caleb Harmson. Uh, he came in as a freshman, your first year as, here as head coach, and uh, he helped aid in the transition, and he was he was a player who – it was hard to find minutes sometime, but here as a senior, stuck with it, ended up being a significant contributor for you in his final year playing for Dort. Yeah, I mean, once again, just like Jacob, he and Jacob grew up together, you know, doing things together on the same teams all the time, and he is Dort. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We think that we're a little bit different at Dort uh, with how we talk to each other, how we talk about each other. Uh, how God is at the center of our lives, and we we give glory to God with everything that we do, and and Caleb typifies that. He is the guy who is always communicating with the guys, always talking in practice. He's not the best player on the team. He's not the best shooter on the team, uh, but he goes hard at it all the time. He expects a lot out of his teammates. He expects a lot out of himself, and uh, he had a tremendous year. Um, a big game over at Northwestern late in the year where he had 13 points and and uh, but he just made some big plays for us as as we went along and uh, I'm really proud of him because it was hard to find minutes for him early on in his career and uh, he finished playing his best basketball at the end of the year so I'm really happy for him. There are some teams I've been around where they're ready for the season to be done. Everyone's had enough of each other. They just it's ready to be over. I didn't get that sense with this group that they were ready for the season to be done. Is that accurate? Oh, for sure. For sure. We would love, I mean, this group of guys, man, they are great friends. I mean, our six juniors, they all live together. Um, you know, they are a close-knit group. Uh, they take in Luke Rankin as a freshman, Josh Baher as a freshman, uh, really, really well. And, uh, once we found out that we got in the tournament, we had some of our best practices. I mean, it was just, we have a lot of fun together. This was a fun group. And, uh, yeah, we're sad to see it end. And and uh, I think we maximized what we could get out of this team. Okay. I really do. I, I think we got um, – I, I felt good about this team. I know that we lost some close games. But, man, we won a lot of close games where we had to come from behind and get a win – you know, being down nine against Morningside um, with five, four minutes to go and winning that game. And uh, same thing against Jamestown, being down and coming back to win that game. Um, yeah, we, we had some games we feel like we could have won, but um, we had a lot of games where we, where we won uh, some big games. And, and uh, so I was really proud of this team. And, and what I love about this team is, man, they got a great fight to them. And it's a lot of fun to coach a team like that. We will talk about 22-23 some other time. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll let the dust settle on this one, and uh, we'll, we'll start thinking about next year in a few weeks. But uh, congratulations, outstanding year. And as you said, uh, uh, there are teams that finish 25-5, and five and you say, well, they could have done better. There are teams that finish 18-12, and 12 and you say, they got everything out of them that you could. Uh, you saying that you maximize this team's, uh, what this team could do this year, um, probably speaks to where the coaches and players were this year and fully engaged. So yep. congratulations on a fantastic year and uh, looking forward to next year. Can't wait. Thanks, Mike. 
This has been Defender Discussions. Watch for future releases on the Dort Athletics website and on our social media outlets.